A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, from the day we heard about you, we do not cease praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord so as to be fully pleasing in every good work bearing fruit and growing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with every power in accord with his glorious might for all endurance and patience. With joy, giving thanks to the Father who has made you fit to share in the inheritance of the Holy Ones in light. He delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Verbum Domini. The Lord has made known his salvation. The Lord has made his salvation known. In the sight of the nations, he has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness and his faithfulness toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Break into song, sing praise. Sing praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Sing joyfully before the King, the Lord. Sancti Evangelii secundum Lucam. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were, and were washing their nets. 
Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those with him, and likewise James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. Perform Domini. The setting for today's, gospel, today's reading from the Gospel of Luke takes place early in Jesus' public ministry. And according to the evangelist Luke himself, he intends to lay out an orderly account of the Gospel narrative. He does so by showing how Jesus begins his ministry by teaching in synagogues throughout Galilee. Jesus then comes to his hometown of Nazareth and reads from the prophet Isaiah, which pretty much encapsulates the heart of the gospel message, the preaching of the good news to the poor, the liberation of captives, the healing of the blind, and the proclamation of a year acceptable to the Lord. And Jesus tells his native audience that this passage is fulfilled in their hearing, yet he is not well received by his own people. Jesus then goes on to preach and teach in Capernaum and other, and other areas and performs miraculous signs, miraculous healings as signs that the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled among his people. When he speaks in the synagogue at Capernaum, his words are spoken with authority, which causes his audience to wonder in amazement. And Jesus thus inspires faith in those listeners who hear his word with an open heart and who see the effects of his word with their own eyes as he casts out unclean spirits and heals the sick. In his work of evangelization, Jesus does not take a top-down approach by using his authority coercively to force people to believe in him, nor does he rely on fear. Rather, he takes the gentler approach of convincing people through the efficacy of his word. He inspires trust among the people rather than instill fear. 
And in today's reading, Jesus begins the episode by using Simon's boats on the lake of Gennesaret as a kind of pulpit to preach the, to the crowd or to teach the crowds that have been pressing upon Jesus. And when he finishes teaching the crowds, he tells Simon, an experienced fisherman, to put out into deep water, duke in altum, and lower the nets for a catch. And this proves to be a test of Simon's faith in the Lord, since Simon and his fellow fishermen have been out working hard all night and have caught nothing. Simon probably has no idea what the Lord has planned in telling him to put out into the deep, but he trusts in the Lord's, Lord's, Lord's word. And if anyone else had told Simon to do this, he probably would not comply. He might even have a few choice words as well. But since it is the Lord Jesus, he complies willingly, even if it means that we're only wasting, they're only wasting their time and they will not catch anything. Sometimes this happens with our own relationship with the Lord. The Lord might ask us to do something that seems useless or fruitless. We might even say to the Lord that we don't understand why he wants us to do it. And we tell him so in prayer. And it is indeed fine for us to express our concerns to the Lord, just as Simon does in today's reading. He does not hesitate to tell Jesus that they have been fishing all night. And yet in the end, like Simon, we are asked to simply trust in the Lord and in his word, even if we cannot fully understand it. We trust that the Lord knows what is good for us and for the church, and that he wants to help us bear even more fruit for the kingdom of heaven. And Simon's obedience thus yields a catch of fish so incredibly large that they need to signal to another fishing boat to help them to haul it in. And even when it seems like our efforts are going to be completely fruitless, if we trust in the Lord and remain faithful to him, he will bless our efforts. It is when Simon sees this amazing sign from the Lord that he is filled with a sense of his own sinfulness and unworthiness to even be in the Lord's presence. It is the Lord's incredible works of mercy for us that fill us with an overwhelming sense of humility, gratitude, and love for having shown us his goodness and his graciousness. And this happens especially in the sacrament of confession. We recognize our unworthiness to receive the Lord's mercy for we have sinned against him. And yet he always welcomes us back with open arms and gives us a share in his own mission of evangelization. As Jesus says to Simon Peter, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Jesus does not attract us to himself through fear or through conversion tactics, but simply by demonstrating his love and concern for us. It is through an encounter with the Lord who loves us that we are filled with an inner conviction of our own sinfulness and of our need to turn to him and be freed from it. 
And in continuity with the popes that preceded him, Pope Francis has spoken and written extensively on the need for all Christians to engage in the mission of evangelization. He has not only written an entire document on the topic of evangelization, Evangelii Gaudium, but he has made it a goal of his pontificate to reorganize the church in such a way that she might more easily and more readily assist her members in becoming missionary disciples and evangelize the world. And in fact, he has made the topic of evangelization the major focus of his Wednesday general audiences during this past year. Now there's been some confusion in the past few years as Pope Francis has taught against proselytism. And some people have conflated proselytism with evangelization and thought that the Holy Father was somehow denouncing evangelization. But this could not be further from the truth. Pope Francis encourages and even facilitates authentic evangelization. He's simply distinguishing evangelization from proselytism, which are indeed two different things. And it's important to point out that Pope Francis is not the first pope to denounce proselytism. Pope Benedict XVI said back in 2007 to the Conference of Bishops of Latin America and the Caribbean, quote, the church does not engage in proselytism. Instead, she grows by attraction, just as Christ draws all to himself by the power of his love, culminating in the sacrifice of the cross so that the church fulfills her mission to the extent that in union with Christ, she accomplishes every one of her works in spiritual and practical imitation of the love of the Lord. And in continuity with Benedict XVI, Pope Francis taught in his general audience of January 11th of this year that, quote, the passion for evangelization, that is apostolic zeal, is an urgent and decisive theme for Christian life. Quote, it is a vital dimension for the church. The, the community of Jesus' disciples was in fact born apostolic, born missionary, not proselytizing. And from the start, we had to make this distinction. Be, being missionary, being apostolic, evangelizing is not the same as proselytizing. They have nothing to do with one another. And he goes on to say that without apostolic zeal, faith withers. So clearly the Holy Father is in no way discouraging authentic evangelization. He is simply conveying to us what is the proper understanding of evangelization. And in the same general audience, the Holy Father says, quote, our pro proclamation begins today, there where we live. And it does not begin by trying to convince others not to convince, but by bearing witness every day to the beauty of the love that has looked upon us and lifted us up. And it is this beauty, communicating this beauty, that will convince people. Not communicating ourselves, but the Lord himself. Then he says something that I think all of us really need to take to heart, especially in our deeply divided society. He says, we are the ones who proclaim the Lord. We do not proclaim ourselves. 
We do not proclaim a political party, an ideology. No, we proclaim Jesus. We need to put Jesus in contact with the people without convincing them, but allowing the Lord to do the convincing. And if we are honest with ourselves, we can say that many of us more readily identify with a political party or an ideology than we do with the Catholic faith. We tend to see our faith through the lens of our ideology, such as conservatism, liberalism, leftism, traditionalism, and so on. And this ideological lens tends to limit the all-embracing scope of our faith. The Catholic Church cannot be identified with any worldly ideology, whether left or right. Rather, it is of divine institution. Therefore, it transcends all ideology and political alignments. The Church's teaching on abortion is problematic for leftism. At the same time, the Church's social doctrine and her teaching on social justice is problematic for conservatism. The challenge for us in the church today is to follow the Lord and the church he has established, not our political or ideological leanings or preferences. We are called to listen to the magisterium, not to political or ideological pundits and talking heads who only contribute to the division in the church and in the world. And if we wish to be true disciples of Christ and to participate in the new evangelization to which Pope St. John Paul II has called us, then we need serious self-examination. We need to ask the Lord to help us to detach from our ideological thinking and our unhealthy political attachments and to seek out the Lord. We are called not to focus on labels, but on persons. When we see our neighbor, we should not see liberal or conservative or leftist, but a brother or sister in Christ, a person with inherent dignity who is loved by God the Father. And this is the evangelical conversion to which our Holy Father is calling the church today. Are we willing to place our complete trust in the Lord and to respond to his call to put out into the deep water and detach ourselves from ideological thinking that is not Christ-like? We might lack the ability to see how things will turn out in the future for the church and for the world, but our faith in the Lord, in imitation of the simple faith of Simon Peter, will give us all the illumination we need to move forward without fear and with full confidence in the Lord's undying love for us. And journeying together in love as Catholic Christian brothers and sisters would send such a powerful message to the world of Christ's love.